Welcome to the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio, where we talk about real estate, passive investing, business strategies, and so much more. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, CEO of HPG Capital. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Recession Resistant Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Cobb, co-founder of HPG Capital. And, and today I want to do a quick review and lessons learned from one of my favorite books in the business industry written by Patrick Lencioni called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. If you have not read this, if you work in an organization, if you're a manager, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, you've got to read this book. It is written in a very well understood and story format, and it's just captivating. It's like one of those books you just can't uh, put down. So I want to cover the exact five dysfunctions of a team today and the questions you can ask yourself to see if these dysfunctions are prevalent in your organization and most importantly, what you can do if they are and how to change it. But before we start, if you get value from these podcast episodes, do me a favor. Real quick, take a second and leave a review. Uh, The reviews really help us uh, by feeding the algorithm and bumping us up and it allows us to bring you more great content. And if any of these hit home with somebody that you may know, uh, please share them with your friends and family. All right, jumping into it. So the first dysfunction of the team is absence of trust. When team members are unable to show their weaknesses, when they feel like they want to hide a problem because they don't know it, how well it's going to receive, this is a big problem. This is the example of the kiddos starting a fire in the garage, and instead of running to get the parents, they just say, okay, you know, that's not a big deal. Let's just try to put it out ourselves. No big deal. And then it spreads to the entire garage and then the room next door. And they're like, okay, you know, it's it's good. We're not going to call mom and dad. Mom and dad are going to be trying to do it. And then by the time the whole house is burning down, that's when either the parents pull up and see that the whole house is burning down or the kids finally call. When really, if they just had that trust in their parents, they would have called them from the very get-go and problem could have been avoided. Parents could have called the fire department, home wouldn't have burned down. I think it's the same problem in an organization. If there's not any trust between the manager or the the boss and the employees or even between the employees, little bitty fires, little bitty problems tend to grow because employees and people at the organization try to put it out themselves. And instead of reaching out for help and owning it, and admitting their weakness, they don't. And that problem just gets bigger and bigger and bigger or worse. It just remains a problem because they're too scared to reach out to anybody else to do anything about it. So absence trust is number one dysfunction of a team. Number two is fear of conflict. This was interesting. I grew up thinking that I should avoid conflict at all costs. My mom was a Catholic school teacher. She's a saint. Uh, she can do no wrong. I, I I still think that my mom is a virgin to this day. There's no way that she could ever do anything that is uh, ever bad or ever wrong. She is a perfect angel. And I grew up thinking that I should avoid conflict at all costs. My mom taught me that. My mom, everyone always liked her. She always avoided conflict at all costs. I, I really look up to my mom and I see her as a mentor in, in so many different ways. And this was a principle that I learned from her. And it ended up, doing me a little bit of a disservice in, in business because when people were underperforming um, or, yeah, let's start there. When people were underperforming, I had a knack of kind of skating around that issue because I did not like confrontation. 
I did not like pinpointing exactly what they were doing wrong or the fact that they weren't hitting results. I'd always just kind of skate around the issue and make up excuses for them. And that is no way to run an organization. You have to be very stern. There has to be very clear expectations met. There has to be key performance indicators in order to measure uh, those results. Um, otherwise, you don't have anything to point to. when You do have to let somebody go. But more importantly, I was setting the expectation for how everybody at the organization should interact with each other. When they see that the person running the show doesn't confront people, doesn't promote healthy conflict, and we're going to get to that in just a second, healthy conflict, they don't do it as well. They don't confront people. So organizations tend to take on the characteristics and personalities of the people that start them. You know, that's why they say, you know, organizations like Tesla run by Elon Musk, they tend to take on, uh, you know, the characteristics and personality traits of, of the owner. That's, that's how a lot of, um, you know, new startup companies end up um, behaving in their culture. So you are the example that you have to set. Your actions set the example of what must be followed at the organization. And I remember the first time one of our sourcing managers confronted a project uh, manager about the the performance. It wasn't really his performance. It was like the lack of reporting. So we didn't really know how he was doing. You know, he was working really hard. We just didn't know because there's no way to track it. And I saw this argument happen uh, between them. And oh my God, I thought that, uh, man, I puckered up. I thought someone was going to throw something. I thought punches were going to be thrown. I thought someone was going to quit on the spot. And this was between two people. And I realized that that was probably my fault. One, for not having a clear, transparent reporting system so each department can understand how the other is, is doing and, and have that level of communication that was needed, but just by setting the example because I didn't do that. So there is such thing as, as healthy conflict. Unhealthy conflict is like when you're attacking people. Healthy conflict is when you're attacking the problem. Never attack the person. Always attack the problem at him. Uh, number three is lack of commitment. Just because you say that things need to get done doesn't mean that your team is on board with it. I want written notifications that somebody is committed to doing something. Our organization operates on the EOS system. So everybody has quarterly rocks that they have to get. Rocks are goals. There's usually three of them. The rocks are built around the gaps and inefficiencies of the business. Again, we have a three-year and five-year goal and we've reverse engineered that into steps. The steps are quarters, and we have to hit each step each quarter in order to get to our three and five-year goals. And everybody sees the bigger picture and how they play into that. And they must commit each quarter to hitting those rocks at all costs. And we track it every two weeks. We sit down and have a review, and we look at their key performance indicators, and we see how they're tracking towards hitting those rocks. So you have to have commitment in the organization. Number four, and again, we're talking about dysfunctions of a team that's extremely popular, avoidance of accountability. If you don't have a way to hold somebody accountable, then you are not going to be able to grow in any way, shape, or form. There's a few things that have to happen in order to have accountability. One is you have to have very clear duties and responsibilities outlined. I remember when you know we were figuring things out six, seven years ago, there, there was no real accountability. There were a lot of things that need to get done and you kind of just did them and people sort of communicated and one person picked up the slack. 
another person uh, might ask some questions on where they need help. There wasn't clear duties and responsibilities. And when there's not clear duties and responsibilities or roles outlined, things fall through the crack. One person thinks that the other is doing something and vice versa. And that thing just never gets hit. It could be something really important, but it's very important to have clear duties and responsibilities outlined. The second is you have to have a score sheet. Rock stars are attracted to A-plus opportunities and A-plus opportunities are measured. There has to be a way to measure performance. With our project managers, we have timelines we need to hit. With our sourcing manager, we have budgets we need to hit. With our sales department, we've got a certain quota that we have to hit. There has to be very specific ways for you to measure the position in order for it to succeed and in order for there to be accountability. And lastly, there has to be checkups. So just because you have a scorecard and just because you have roles and duties and responsibilities outlined, there has to be the actual person sitting down looking at it. One of the ways that we create accountability besides myself or our manager sitting down once every two weeks and uh, in, in doing this this key performance indicator review and rock review is we will have team meetings. And when we have team meetings, everybody has to report on the rocks. And if they're on track or off track, and if they're off track, the next round, they have to state why and what they're going to do to catch it up. And then, then we have to do something called IDS, which is identify, discuss, and solve. Identify the reasons why you're off track, discuss solutions, and solve the problem. So they have to look for advice from the team. And the team will give advice. And if next team meeting, which we usually meet once every three weeks as a team in the office for a few hours, if they are still having the same problem, the follow-up is, well, we gave you this advice. Did you use it? Are you doing it? And that becomes very powerful. When you have to report at a table that you didn't hit your goals and everyone else did, you mentally become the odd sheep out the black sheep of the group. And nobody likes to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel that way. And it kind of becomes apparent over time if there's somebody who's consistently not hitting their goals, they tend to become a little bit separated from the group and they mentally have accepted that, wow, okay, I'm not hitting my goals. This just isn't working out. And it becomes a much easier conversation later on to to let them go because it's just, it's not working for both parties at that point. So there's some great ways to create accountability. The fifth dysfunction of a team, and this is tied to accountability, is inattention to results. So I mentioned how important key performance indicators are. I mentioned how we use quarterly rocks or goals uh, as stepping stones to hit our three and five-year vision. Um, you've got to have very clear results. Most of the rocks that we have have that SMART criteria. So they're very specific. <clears throat> There's not a lot of subjectivity to them. Uh, they're measurable uh, they are attainable, they're realistic, and they've got a timeline on them. So there has to be some tangible result that you're reaching to, and otherwise you're going to have a dysfunctional team. Here are a couple of questions to ask yourself about your organization to see if any of these dysfunctions may be prevalent in your organization. <clears throat> One is, do you see team members openly and readily disclose their opinions? If they don't, that means there might not be a lot of trust. And if there's not a lot of trust in the organization, remember, you're going to have those garage fires that end up burning the entire house down. Are team meetings compelling and productive? How does it feel at the team meetings? Is everyone dragging? Is it really tough to get input? 
Or do you feel like there's some energy there, a spark? Do people contribute? Can you tell that issues actually get solved at team meetings? At the end of all of our team meetings, everyone has to go around the table and rate the meeting one to 10. And if they rate it a 10, they have to say why. And if it's not a 10, they have to state how it how we could make it a 10. And this is part of our everlasting efforts that will never end to try to create the perfect team meeting. The third question to ask is, does the team come to decisions quickly and avoid getting bogged down by consensus? In other words, are there strong opinions out there? Can you reach agreement uh, within the team? Very important. Uh, the fourth question is, is, do team members confront one another about their shortcomings? Again, healthy conflict. Attack not the person, attack the problem. Very important to do this. So we we engage in healthy conflict. Uh, I tell people to call me out. If I'm not performing or I'm not doing something, I have rocks just like everybody else. I share them. I share my results. Um, I ask for feedback um, if, you know, if I'm not hitting them. But having the ability to confront people is very important. And I give people permission to do that. If I'm ever doing anything that they feel is unfair or not right, like you have my permission, you need to confront me about it. I want to know. I might, I might just be missing something. Uh, the fifth is, do team members sacrifice their own interests for the good of the team? I can't, I can't tell you how thankful, you know, we are to have um, people who work on the weekends and they don't mind working on the weekends to get stuff done. When it's crunch time and we're at the tail end trying to get some houses on the market or we really needed to make a push uh, to get some stuff started or stuff finished before wintertime hits or we're coming up on the spring season and we need to take advantage of an opportunity. Like people don't mind working after hours. They don't mind working weekends. They are definitely sacrificing their own interests for the good of the team. And that's probably the most relevant um, circumstance I've seen that, that makes that very apparent to me. So uh, no team is perfect, but constantly work to ensure that the answers to the above questions are a yes. So uh, rewind this, listen to those questions, ask them to yourself, you know, ask them to your team uh, so you guys don't have any dysfunction of your team. Uh, till next time, it's been great hanging out with you guys. We'll see you.